Welcome to On Course, the teaching ministry of Pastor Hart Ramsey, where we offer simple biblical insight into some of life's most pressing issues. What have I told you that a lot of the pain and difficulty and adversity you're experiencing is simply God aligning your now so you could be prepared for your tomorrow. Prepare for the next few minutes to be encouraged, enlightened, and inspired. Let's join Pastor Ramsey and get on course. What's going on, family? I hope you guys are well. My name is Gerard Bonner from All Things Bonner Fide. And of course, this is On Course with Heart Ramsey. It is uh, a session we call Heart to Heart where we go one-on-one, heart-to-heart with the man of God, of course, Pastor Hart Ramsey. Pastor Hart, how are you? I'm good, Gerard. How are you doing, man? I am I am well. I am <laughs> I am well. I am well. So I want to start this show with uh, an interesting quote I recently heard on social media from a well-known pastor. I think I can mention his name, Pastor Jamal Bryant. So <laughs> here, here's the quote. Now, I don't know if you heard this when I started to send it to you, but Here's the quote. He says that culture changes every four years, but church culture changes every 20 years. So as a result, the church is often behind culture. He goes on to say that uh, many black churches are just happy to have a Facebook page, but most people who they're trying to reach are actually on TikTok. So my question to you to start off is, Do you find that to be correct? Do you find it to be correct that culture changes faster than church culture and has church culture ultimately ended up being behind? Yeah. And so, so first of all, yeah, uh, first of all, Jamal Bryant is like a cultural genius um, and he's right. Uh, The church is always behind, but I think, you know, what I think though, and though all of his metrics are correct, everything he says is right. But I think what what the the reason the church is in trouble is not that we don't keep up with culture. Mm -hmm. This is a twofold problem. Number one, the kingdom that we are called to establish is different from the kingdom of the world. Hmm. So the church has a culture. Okay. And the world has a culture. Mm-hmm. The problem is um, the people in the pulpits have disconnected from the assignment. Mm. It's not the culture so much. It's, mm. it's that we, it's the people. Okay. And because we're so disconnected from the people in the culture, the culture drifts. Look at this. Look at the numbers. So imagine, let's do, let's do four. Okay. Right. So, so you said a church, the church, the, the, the culture changes every four years. Right. The church changes every 20, 20. years. Mm-hmm. So, so in 16 years, we're 80 years behind. Right. Jesus, how do you catch up with that? So, so I think what happens, what we have to, uh, uh, and I agree with him, because mm-hmm. when just look, I mean, you just look, you know what happens to the church? We get locked into these models. Yes. And we get locked into what we think the scriptures mean. Mm-hmm. And, and then we got we get stuck on a on a translate. You, do you know the King James Bible? God bless that <laughs> holy book. Ah. It's so antiquated. Mm-hmm. The, the English that it speaks, man, my grandparents didn't speak that English. Right. 80 years. Right. And then you have these, these are uh, stoics, these, these uh protectors who want to protect this book because the language is holy you know the the language is old and so yeah. it starts with the even the the the, the holy writ that we read mm-hmm. that it's behind it's, it's the, we don't talk like that anymore 
Right. I'm not saying that we have to put, write the Bible in slang, right. but at least we have to know what it means. Right. Right. And so then, then it, there's an issue of scholarship. Mm -hmm. who, who is among us is scholastic enough to translate the Bible in our language? Because if the culture changes every four years, you have to understand a part of culture changes language. That's right. That's so right. people say things like, I, I, I was just doing a series, Gerard, on, on confidence. Yes. And, I, and we got to the last part of it. I started teaching about insecurity. Mm -hmm. And people were writing me, brilliant people were writing me saying, I've searched the scriptures. I don't see, I don't see insecurity in the Bible. It's there. But, wow. we, but because we have not interpreted and updated the language of the Bible, we can't find even the relevant thing. I mean, I'm, listen, I'm going through all kinds of stuff. That's new. They're demons inventing new junk. <laughs> Wow. And I'm struggling with it, but I can't find it in the book because the church, like, like the Pastor Jamal said, is so far behind that we're not even updating the language of the book that we that we live by. The word of God is still stuck back in the 1600s. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, I agree with that. And, and let's let's talk about the social media piece. So that's <laughs> so much to say. So much. So I personally, uh, there's a fear associated with this. I'm going to tell you a personal story. It's funny. Okay. During the pandemic, um, everybody was going to TikTok. Matter yes. of fact, you're wearing the shirt of the collective, right? I am. Yes. Yes. So, so Pastor Courtney Beard, who, who at the time, you know, he was my um my creative pastor, he says mm -hmm. to me, Man, you know, you need to get on TikTok. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so so my thing was I gotta learn another social media. But the thing was, some fear monger reached out to me, so oh, don't you get on TikTok? The mm. Chinese own TikTok and they they harvesting your information and they're gonna and so out of fear, I didn't start wow. a TikTok account. My TikTok wow. account right now is hard, hard to ever use it because I still have in the back of my mind mm -hmm. the Chinese are harvesting and they're watching. Wow. While other influencers who are teaching, matter of fact, if you want some bad doctrine, go to go to if you want to see people who are swaying the world with conspiracy theories and mm -hmm. And, and even of false religions, mm -hmm. and they, they quote unquote are giving receipts there on TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. But another thing, too, I'm finding is um, there's a young man, I don't know, I remember his name. I was watching a TikTok video the other day where he proved in, in, a, in a five minute, it was a five minutes, it wasn't even five minutes, maybe a four minute TikTok. What I've been teaching about the biblical heritage factor, black people in the Bible, he proved it by just going through dictionaries and defining wow. who, who the, um, um, the the uh the Jews the true Jews really are and he is irrefutable. Wow. He showed it in history, showed it in, in dictionaries. So TikTok is a platform that people need to we the church needs to migrate to. Right. But man, some people we still try and get some people to come on Facebook. Well, and and I think you hit the nail on the head in terms of that that fear factor yeah. that pops in for a lot of folks in church where it's like we're afraid of something that's new. So we've got to test it and let it be tried and all this other stuff. And we end up missing the opportunity to be able to reach the people where they are. Yeah. Um. Part, part of where this whole dialogue with Pastor Bryant came into play was he was talking about how the pandemic helped the church in, yeah. for, in terms of pushing the church forward. And as we saw, you know, we talked about this before, there were several churches who were already streaming yeah. online. And so it wasn't, that part wasn't the shift for them. The part was, okay, how do I do church with no people? But then for a lot of other churches who had never streamed before, it created a brand new problem yeah. and at least brought them somewhat up to speed. And I say somewhat for yeah. obvious reasons. 
But so with that said, you know, we spent quite a bit of time during the pandemic era talking about where church was, how things were going, et cetera, et cetera. I won't say that we're out of the pandemic era, but I will say that people have certainly regathered. And most churches um, are back to, you know, open being open as they were pre-pandemic. Right. My question to you is, do you feel as though now that most of 2022 has been spent um, with in-person being open and some sort of hybrid presentation, do you feel as though the church is still as engaged as they were pre-pandemic or do you feel like it has significantly changed? So, so 2022 believe it or not, was we expected 2021 to be the year where we kind of assess the damage. Right. But 2021 was just an extension of 2020. Correct. Um, and 2022 is was a time where we all, pastors who've been passing for a while, we had to assess the damage and, and really come to the conclusion that church as it was is not church as it is. Church has changed. And so a lot of people did not go back to church. Right. Uh, for various and sundry reasons, people just decided some people gave up on God. Some people gave up on, on organized church. Some people gave up on being in a structure. Some people just backslid. Other people decided that they could do the hybrid thing. Mm-hmm. But you'd be surprised. I think what has changed is the day of a big church building is over. Mm. We've seen that. It's it's like it's um you're going to see a lot of different things. But I'm going to tell you what happened as well. Um, What, what, what I saw happen... Um, in this year is that a lot of people staying away from their church got a chance. I'm going to say this, Lord, I don't know if I should say this, but they got a chance to detox. Yes. yes. Because what happened was they were in toxic church situations where, where it was a lot of manipulation and a lot of different things. And they got a chance to kind of, and not only that, I don't think it was just coming from the top, but I think it was they, they, their understanding of church or the expectation of church had become kind of toxic for them and for the leadership. And so to separate the two, I mean, there were a lot of uh, migrations, mm-hmm. transitions. Yes. Um. So when reintegration happened, a lot of people, their churches were full, but these were new people. Right. And I'm going to tell you what we found too. We found that the pastors who were doing good work, and I got, I'm not indicting anybody, but they're pastors, man, who, whose people um. The, the the spirit connection between shepherd and flock was is so strong and so God that not only did, did they, in, they experience an increase mm-hmm. in this even in their financial support and their overall support and but when they came back together the churches grew yeah yeah I, I mean I could call some names I mean one guy in particular that I really admire is uh, John Hanna yes, I look at, oh. I look at, I, I mean John Hanna's influence. To just his, you know, you know what happened with him. I got a chance to see. I've never met him in person. I just know him from online, yeah. and I got a chance to see John Hanna up close, like up, up through a stream. Yes, he brought us into his home. He sat down with his computer, and his personality and his relationship with God started to shine. And yes. even the way he handled hecklers and haters who came onto his stream, calling him names and doing different things. Mm-hmm. As a pastor, next year will be forty years in ministry for me. Wow, forty wow. years. Wow, and and to see that I I became in this whole um, season a student of good leaders mm. and a student of fickle followers. Wow, because wow. fickle followers teaches a lot about who people are, what people expect, and what they want. Yeah, um, and so 
I agree with Pastor Jamal. I really believe that this is the revamping of the church. This is the rebuilding of the church. This is the reintroduction of the church to, to culture. Yeah. And actually, our, evangelist, our evangelism methods have got to change. Like, for example, Gerard, you are using a mic. I have the exact same mic here. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. So so just, just out of, you know, if you're a pastor and you see everybody using that mic, you at least inquire why. Right. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Inquire why. Yeah. I mean, uh, um, you know, we upgrade our space. We buy lights. We do different. We try different things out. We become, some people refuse to become students. Again, I've been doing this for 20 years. Man, they're going to retire you if you keep with an attitude. That part. That part. No, yeah. you you are you are absolutely right. And I think it has been a challenging space for everybody. You know, everybody, you know, the popular term has been deconstruction for a lot of people who have been trying to figure out, okay, what does faith really look like? What does belief really look like? And now that we're kind of reintegrating, is this particular space for me? Right. Does it serve where I am right now? And so let me, and you mentioned evangelism, and I wanna I wanna hop on that. What do you think it's going to take for what we know as the church? to update its tools of evangelism. And I ask that because many fought technology for years, not realizing that, you know, we're not knocking on doors and handing out tracks anymore, right? Technology really is our method of evangelism, but most still have not decided to take the money to invest, et cetera, et cetera. So what do you think it's going to take for churches to update their tools of evangelism i think first that the church needs to reevaluate what evangelism means you know that's we need to go back to so so the church is is a family of families it's it's, yes. a, it's a, it is i call it the educational and relational wing of the kingdom mm. the educational and the relational wing of the kingdom yeah. so so it's a family of families and so the the church in this generation to meet what the church got away with was preaching hellfire and damnation mm -hmm. to people who were struggling with this, who they are. Yeah. Right. The church got so caught up on sin. Everything is sin. That's a sin. And so, and, they, and to the point where some evangelists will tell you, if you don't preach on sin, they're not preaching. And that's not, you know, the church was, was called to be, look at Jesus. He was relational. Right. The sin with him was not the issue it was right. it was but the issue because everybody has sinned the issue was how can i get you to see that the kingdom of god has come to you yeah and that wow. god is claiming you from seven that god wants you to give you is wants to give you your best life mm -hmm. and in the end it not cost you your soul mm. when you start mm. to talk to people relationally and speak to them about where they are and who they are and how they are, yeah. they themselves will say, you know what? I'm in sin. Right. You remember when Peter, uh, Jesus got on Peter's boat? Yeah. He preached the gospel to the people. When he, when he got finished preaching the sermon, he, Peter told man, get off my boat, man. I'm a sinner. Jesus <laughs> right. didn't tell me. And he told Jesus. Right. So I think what has to happen is the church has to redefine what evangelism is. We have to re redefine what preaching is. Mm. Preaching is not always me with a microphone on the platform. Yeah. Sometimes, I'll be honest with you, man. I saw a post by the Shade Room hmm. when Takeoff was murdered. Yes. The Shade Room 
did a post, man. It's time to get right with God. Wow. Did you see that? Wow. I did not see the shade. Go seek I'm it. going to go find that right now. Find it right now. So I, I was like, I thought, so, okay, this is a joke. Since somebody hacked their page. Right, right, right. It was right. the most powerful piece of, it was so relevant. It was mm -hmm. so timely because yeah. when people die, especially people we look up to mm -hmm. or people who have impacted culture, yeah. everyone starts looking at their own mortality. That's right. what you call seizing the moment. The church is all but seizing the moment. What we try to do is, when in a situation like that, instead of telling people, man, get right with God, man, this is the time, we start telling you, see, he died because of his sin, and we start trying to put him in here. No, that's not a, tell the people that's alive, listen, it's time to get right with God. More of our heart-to-heart -heart conversation is on the way. Stay tuned. Why, yeah! Have you subscribed to Heart Ramsey's Uplift? It's his national text message service where daily you can hear from the heart of God by way of the man of God, Pastor Hart Ramsey. To receive this daily encouragement, text the word UPLIFT to the number 334-310-4278. Again, text the word UPLIFT to the number 334-310-4278. Uplift your spirit. Encourage your heart and empower your walk. Subscribe today to Heart Ramsey's Uplift. Imagine being filled with a peace so deep that the world around you can't touch it. Pastor Hart Ramsey is on a mission to help believers understand what it means to have a healthy prayer-based relationship with God. He's doing that through his book, Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer. In this book, you'll learn how to ensure your relationship with God is based on a new and improved covenant, which dangerous prayer habits to avoid, and what to do when prayer doesn't yield the answers you want. It's time to trust God enough to make your prayer life truly about Him. Pick up your copy of Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer from Hart Ramsey today. Available now on Amazon, iTunes, and wherever books are sold. Do you love this podcast? There are several ways you can show it. You can share your love for this podcast on the socials and use the hashtag OnCourseHeartRamsey or Heart to Heart. That's H-A-R-T, the number two, H-E-A-R-T. You can also subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and now you can find us on Spotify. So if you rock with Spotify, it's an easy way to access us us, search for On Course with Heart Ramsey and subscribe. Thank you so much for your continued support and keep listening to On Course with Heart Ramsey. Stay connected with Pastor Heart Ramsey on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Heart Ramsey. Let's go back into today's heart-to-heart -heart conversation featuring Pastor Hart Ramsey. Did you find it? Go to their Instagram. I'm, I'm literally on their Instagram right now. They, of course, have posted a ton. So I yeah, am. Yeah, they post a ton of it. Uh, okay, yeah, we're getting, we're getting there. We're getting there. We're I'm going to try to help you. Yeah. Uh, 
Shade Room. Morning Inspiration. Oh, oh, well, they did. They did. They did one. I see this uh, that their morning inspiration was from Timothy Wright. Trouble don't last always. Right. So you see, that's preaching. That, oh, it totally is. So it I'm totally is. It. Let me see. Can I find it? I wonder if they took. I don't think they took it down. Let me go back and see. Can I find? So this. well, they and they've been. They they did quite a few. They they have one um, where they have uh, hashtag TSR prayers up. Beyonce and Le LeBron James sharing photos in honor of takeoff. Um, yeah. So they are. There's another one. Yeah. Let's keep he... continue to keep their loved ones in prayer. Right. Yeah, it you 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 are there literally like three consecutive posts from a place like the shade room that is very very specific to you know hey let's pray trouble don't last always which is interesting so so let's go here because one of the other things that I saw from this you know there was a guy named designer who had a song several years ago I think it was called Panda and um, in that uh, you know that was a big song then but. After takeoff passed, you know, he got on on the socials and was like, I'm quitting hip hop. Wow. You know, I mean, like it was it was he was in tears, you know, people talking about the challenges that are happening in hip hop. And to your point, there were others who used this time to say, well, you know, if hip hop wasn't a, you, you can't create, you know, all of these songs about killing people, et cetera, et cetera, and then expect to live. So to your point. We don't do a good job of necessarily reading the room very well. We don't. And, and 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 so you have a guy like Jamal Bryant who he will preach. Jamal will preach sometime. In, in, and, and Jamal is a friend of mine. Mm -hmm. As I can say this, sometimes I think to a fault, he's so up on culture. Hmm. But look at his church. Mm -hmm. And and look at and look and so he has a platform now amongst the culture to speak to the ills in a way that maybe I'm not called to mm. because, because in order to minister the culture, you have to be a part of it to some degree, not of it, but in it. Right. 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 I could be in the world, but not of it. Right. And, and I think, and I, I, I got to find that thing because, because I was, I should have screenshot it when I saw it. I was like, I thought yeah. somebody hacked their page. I'm like, what? right. But, but the shade room posted that and, and, and it didn't, it, I think uh, they, they always get a lot of likes and it got, it, the numbers were up there. Sure. Um, and, and I think this one was right about when I saw maybe 50, 60,000 wow. likes. But the message is clear. They, they said something. And, and, and as far as this concern, that is, that is preaching. Yes. Pre preaching is, is saying, matter of fact, saying the right thing at the right time. It is, it's not just I unload on you my full theological um, content. Mm -hmm. It is knowing what content, what theological content to share at the time. What do people need to hear? And only God, I'm going to go back to say this, only by me being with God can I have the residue on me, the wisdom to know what word to say at this time. You know, uh, uh, there's a situation, we talked about this some time ago. I don't know if you remember this. Yeah. We were talking about this preacher at a funeral who mm -hmm. got up and told the family I think in South Alabama that your family, that your loved one went to hell and they, they drove him out. The, they followed him home and beat him up. You remember that? Wow. <laughs> so we talked about this some years yeah, ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 and, and people asked me what I thought about it. And I said, man, you know, that was not wise for him to do that. Right. Right. I mean, why would you, why would, because it's not known to say. So I think our responsibility to the culture 
is is to is to have a good rapport with them. And there are people gonna who are gonna hate you because sure. um they had a bad experience with someone in church or right. or they, they're just that deep into their sin that they want nothing to do with the Lord. That's I get that. But they shouldn't hate us because we're stupid. Yeah. Or we or, or they shouldn't dismiss us because we're irrelevant. Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't be that when they look when they compare us to the world, they go, man, you know what? They're in a whole not- another planet. Yeah. Or they can't yeah. understand what we're saying because we don't update our text or mm-hmm. even our approach, our delivery. The message mm-hmm. is still the same, but the, the but the method got to be updated every four years. Yeah. Like the culture. Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting that you say that because I think again, going back to the things that the pandemic taught us, I think being able to be out of certain spaces taught us exactly what we were receiving in some of those spaces and how in some cases, not all, but in some cases, you know, what we were receiving was not good, was not healthy and was not delivered in a way that, you know, it's almost like it's almost like in some places in church. And you mentioned adopting old models. There was this old model um, certainly in culture in the 90s about the shock jock, you know, yeah. Howard Stern and those folks. Right. And so I think sometimes preachers have taken this idea of, oh, I'm going to get him by being a shock jock, you know, and and that doesn't work. You know, it it creates more trauma. Yeah. Um, yeah it, it might get you some likes and content, but not for the right reasons. No. And the the effects of that trauma end up lasting far longer than the momentary clicks or whatever that mm-hmm. would that would come with that. I want to I want to touch on another point relative to technology and evangelism and things of that nature. What are your thoughts on this idea that we could be missing out on young people and the youth of the church not so much because we don't have enough programs for them but because we're not using the means of technology to reach them. Well, well, think about it. You know, so so the Bible was first. So not forget church, forget religion. Okay. Um, written communication was stone. Yes. Then it went to uh, uh to what papyri or or scrolls. Right. Right. Then then, then it, it it became. Uh, I remember. You know, it, it went to paper or whatever. I remember what. Uh, when the comp- personal computers came out, yes. I saw a video of myself from years ago. I used to have a, a power book. Okay. A Panasonic power book. Yeah. And I used to walk around the church with it like this because in my hand, because it had a flat screen, you could touch it. Right. But but when I look back at it, my friends laughed and said it looked like, I looked like Moses with the Ten Commandments. They said, <laughs> why you, because here's my thing. To me, I, iPads were too small when they first came out. Okay. So I still want this. And this man, you look like Moses with the Ten Commandments. So As funny. technology changed, now the, the the power book was was new technology. I could walk around right. with a computer, but now I had an iPad. But you upgrade it. Why? Because it's not to look cool. It's to, it's just to take advantage of the technology. Yeah. And also, it's not just what we're saying mm-hmm. that people are getting. It's how we present. That part right there. See, th- that's this unspoken communication, and I believe that that um that if you could put I, like I, I watch TikTok quite a bit. My wife mm-hmm. kind of turned me on to you know just kind of the way she she gets she loves it. Yeah. And so I was watching how the kids, some of the biggest influencers on TikTok, 
are doing these little videos mm -hmm. where they just go and do little research and put it together. They know how to how to edit their own things on right. on their, they do it all on the phone. Right, right. And 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 I'm learning from the kids. Mm -hmm. And I think that I'm gonna tell you what I think we should do instead of us trying to say, well, you know what, I'm gonna shift my my uh, uh, focus and try to learn this. Don't learn it. Get the kids. Mm -hmm. Let the kids. You know what I'm saying? And then that that's we could use it not just to minister to kids, but to train the kids in the yeah. gospel. Yeah. Yeah. You use your method because your method, you, you know how to do it, work TikTok and you know how to present yourself on TikTok. Let me let me teach you what the scripture says, and then you make your case. Right. And that way, where I'm actually just I'm giving a piece of the ministry. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? To mm -hmm. the people. Uh, and and there and I think that church, it's amazing how we have the the spirit of the creative God on the inside of us, but we have to look to the culture for creative ideas. One of the craziest things ever. It really is. And, and, and I think part of that is because culture, church culture specifically, has not always uh, encouraged creativity. Mm -hmm. You know, when when people come with new ideas or different ways of, of approaching something, it can get squashed really quickly. And if it gets if and when it gets squashed, people now have to decide, do I want to bring this idea back? Do I yeah. want to, you know, and granted, every idea is not going to be used. Right. Like yeah. we understand that. But if every idea is told no, at some point, somebody's going to go and figure out where can my creativity be used? You, you know, it's from Gerard. Check, think about this. Even with music. Sure. I, I remember I, uh, this old mother used to tell me that doesn't sound like the Lord. So what right. does the Lord sound like? So what we have done is we get stuck in a trend of what God is supposed to sound like, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so the world is evolving, and the and so uh, when you know it's crazy when people come to church, they have to take a step backwards. I remember when I first got saved, yeah. I was I was listening to music, man. Um, um, technology had made recording; it was advancing quickly. Right. When I first came to church, I remember the first time I bought a record and put it on, it was James Cleveland. And I was like, this is horrible. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you what kept me saved musically was when the Winans came out with the question is that record was well written. Quincy Jones was was I, yes. uh, was working with the Winans. Greg Fillingans and all these musicians. Were, so it sounded like what I was accustomed to. Right. So that's the music that kept me. That's the music that spoke to me. Yeah, the Hawkins yeah. and all of them that were pushing music forward. Mm -hmm. um, people turn us off when they can't relate to us. Right. And and the goal of the Lord is not to stay in a, in a certain season. The world is going to keep up, updating and changing, and That's we right. have to keep up. That's right. Because we're called to the world. You know, we the Bible says, I'm, I'm going to give you this, and then there's a scripture in the Bible where it says that John the Baptist, his his ministry had gotten to the place where he was baptizing more people. You know, people, you ask people, what is John baptized? Well, Jesus was baptized in the Jordan. Mm -hmm. Still today, when Christians go to Jerusalem, they want to be baptized in the Jordan. Mm -hmm. But nobody talks about the fact that John moved his baptism ministry to a place called Aeon. Wow. Or Aeon. And he did it. Here's what the Bible said. He did it. And John was baptizing at Aeon, the Bible says, because there was more water there and more people were coming to him. Wow. So he didn't get stuck. You know, this is the Jordan River where Joshua crossed and where there's miracle stones at the bottom. And we got to stay here because of the will of the Lord. No, he moved to a, a place we had never heard about because it accommodated more people. He could baptize more people there. That's in the scripture. But wow. you don't, we don't preach about that. Wow. Because we want to stick to traditions. And it, listen, this is interesting. 
customs are wonderful. Traditions can be dangerous. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's like unlocking a whole nother thing for me because, again, it, it, it goes right back to what we opened this episode with, the fact that church culture changes every 20 years compared mm -hmm. to overall culture, which is every four. So that means, you know, 20 years is just about a generation. They yeah. say generations 25 years. So, yeah. you know, that that means the church only changes once a generation. So, Gerard, what about this? I'm about to blow your mind. I'm about oh to blow my your God. mind. The average life of a new plant church is 27 years. If a church, when a church is planted, it takes root, it grows, the average life is 27 years. When you say the church only changes every 20 years, you know what it means? That the, the, leader, the, the leader of the church stopped growing. That once God puts a man or woman in leadership position, they stop growing and they expect everyone to, to be to live at the level of their growth. That explains also why they get so agitated when people leave them and people say, I have outgrown that church because the leader stopped growing. Wow. And then and then what about this? We get to a certain place where where we don't employ or invite other people into the leadership space mm -hmm. because we, we don't want what we know to change because we don't want to grow because growth is painful. But mm -hmm. that's what we're preaching to people. You need to grow. Right. So right. What we, just, what we have just done as surgeons, we just cut the church open and we found. <laughs> A carcinogen we found where the mm -hmm. cancer is. The can mm -hmm. it could not, I'm not I'm a leader. Yeah. I love leaders. Yeah. But if the leader does not commit to grow, yes. and if the people around the leader does not promote growth, the church will get stuck in its generation, in the, the place of its planting. Yeah. The church gets stuck at the place of its planting, and it doesn't Jesus said that. The Father chose you that you will bear fruit and that your fruit will remain. Mm -hmm. He didn't say you bear fruit once. It means you continually bear fruit. You keep right. bearing fruit. Right. 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 And, and it gets to the place where, where the church looks like the culture. Watch this. The church doesn't so much look like the culture, but the culture begins to look like the church because the people that the church is reaching from the culture are coming into the church. Right. Now I'm going to say something that, may, that some people may not agree with. You know what I used to like about Eddie Long? Mm, go ahead. People don't talk about a person after they, they mess up, but you know what I like about Eddie Long is that whenever I would go to New Birth for training, because I used to go there sometimes mm -hmm. um, for pastoral training, what used to get me was it was not uncommon for you to find celebrities there. There were people that I knew in the secular music industry that I tried to reach, and we, I was friends with them. Right. But they would show up at New Birth in groves. Wow. Because of the way culture flowed there. Yeah, yeah. Because the, the big difference was, the big difference back in that day was um, they were coming there mm -hmm. and they all show up there. They were getting a word. But, yeah. they, you know, New Birth had won um, all these um, Emmys. Mm. Did you know that? I did not know that. For taking authority, their 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 Sunday oh, night show, yeah, right. They won, and and they were beating out Jakes and different people year after year after year. Wow, for Christian for Christian broadcasting, yeah. So so, and why were they doing it? Because they were so relevant, and he was preaching the word. Yeah. I think the church has left it, and I think what Jamal has brought back is that spirit of 
Let's speak to the culture. It's the same thing Martin Luther King was doing in a different way. Sure. And I think, again, all of us are not called to that, but we are all called to remain current with what's happening so we could speak to the generation that is, not yes. to the generation that was, the generation that is and the one that's coming. And we will get ahead of the curve. And sometimes I think the church could influence culture. Yes, I agree. I think the church could influence culture. I think the church could bring new sounds. I think the church could bring, or uh, uh, like, could use technology at, to the hilt. Yeah, you know, to, to the big thing now, you throw a, a digital screen behind you, you put some, and and the world is not impressed with that because they got it at its top level. Right, right, right. You know, and I'm, I'm gonna say this, and I'm done. So, and another thing too that we have that the one of the greatest technologies that's available to the church that we do not tap do not tap into is supernatural demonstration. Mm. Can you imagine? what it is to run into a prophet that can strip tell you not just where you're going but where you've been yeah and what's going on supernatural demonstration like mm -hmm. uh, like um the, where they literally see um the things we call to do the bible says he, in mark 3 that jesus called his disciples to be with him mm -hmm. be, that he will send them to preach that they may heal the sick they may cast out devils mm -hmm. um when you see those things happening, that technology, that is spiritual technology. Yeah. That the church has. Yeah. We can lead the culture. And that's, I go back and into our last podcast, I talked about prayer. Mm -hmm. I think prayer is, is, is the foundation of this technology that we have where the Holy Spirit can manifest things in, in us and, 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 and the culture look to us and go, you have something we need. Mm -hmm. You know, the future. Mm -hmm. you know the future you see the past you could tell i'm in trouble i don't know where it came from i'm confused but you can see where my trouble came from and, right. and free me and then point me to the future right yeah. wow that's a technology that that's a technology and that's a weapon wow that is it, it it is it is a weapon well i hope you guys enjoyed that because it always gets me good, right? It's <laughs> golly, it's it's fantastic. So I hope you guys continue to subscribe to what we're doing here. Subscribe to this podcast and all of the spaces that we're in. We're everywhere. So definitely check it out and uh, make sure you're sharing with us what you're learning uh, from these. So on the socials, you can do that using the hashtag heart to heart or on course. Or of course, you can reach out to Pastor Heart at Hart Ramsey and let him know. It encourages him, it encourages us to know that what we're doing is reaching you. And of course, join us next time as we get on course with Hart Ramsey.